Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders, and I love conversations, whether it's with local pastors, artists, filmmakers, authors, random people from the community, any opportunity to sip a cup of coffee and have a good conversation. So sit back and relax. For more conversations like this one, you can visit our website, thepulse.mn, or you can tune in weekdays from 2 to 6 Central at 104.3 The Pulse in Central Minnesota or online at thepulse.mn. My name is Dave, and today we have the pleasure, the joy of chatting with Mike Donaghy. Uh, you maybe are familiar with his, his newer stuff. Maybe you're familiar with his, his 10th Avenue North music. Maybe you've read his new book. The, uh, the two things I want to talk about today are connected by the topic of grace. Mm, I and love grace. I need it. I see grace in Yeshua, friend of sinners. Yeshua is not a word that people hear often. Yeah, and it's too bad because it's what Jesus' mother would have called him. My mom called me Mickleberry, but that's another story. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought his name was Jesus. Well, in Aramaic, in the Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Uh, also, where we get the word Joshua. Uh, but when you translate Yeshua into Greek and you write it down, and then you look at that Greek word and you translate it into English, that's how it starts to look like Jesus. Uh, but what he would have been called by his disciples and anyone speaking Aramaic would have been Yeshua. And and why was that important to to use that in this song? Well, mostly it fit the rhyme of the melody I had written. Uh, Which is <laughs> uh, fair. Mostly, mostly the, one of the first worship songs I ever wrote when I first started playing guitar was a song called Yeshua. And I loved singing it, and I always went, man, I want to write another song where I call Jesus Yeshua because I just don't think, uh, I don't think we can overdo it. Um, and so I wanted to write something that felt a little more intimate even than saying Jesus. And when I thought of the name that Mary would have called him, I go, that feels a little more intimate. So it, it's subtitled Friend of Sinners. And Jesus' enemies hurled that at him all the time. Friend of sinners, friend of sinners. But that's, praise God, he's a friend of sinners. Well, I know he's a friend of sinners because he's a friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if Jesus is a friend of sinners and Jesus has, has extended that grace towards me, what is my response out of that? Well, he said, uh, if, you, if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. Uh, it's, it's one of the most annoying things Jesus ever said. He said, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Which means, if we want to receive grace from Jesus, the only way it works is if it keeps flowing from us to others. In other words, the only condition for unconditional love is that it remains unconditional. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I felt like God gave me this really intense parable, this picture to kind of like put this point home for me. I felt like the spirit said to me, just imagine you die, Mike. Okay. And you get to heaven and it's just like you always dreamed of pearly gates, unparalleled splendor. St. Peter's standing there with the book of life and he gives you a thumbs up and smiles at you. I mean, he reads your name from the book of life and the gates start to open. You go, yes, I'm in. And as you walk toward the light of Jesus' face, which is kind of blinding you, the shadowy figure comes out of the gate, and you get confused, and then you're shocked because it's the person who shouldn't be there, that person you couldn't forgive. And they start to apologize to you and tell you exactly what you always wished they would have said, 
but you don't have time for that. You, you go, you put your fingers in your ears, you go, I'll, I'll listen to this in a couple thousand years maybe, and you try to get by them into the gates, but then the gates close. And you whirl around and you look at Peter and you go, what's up, Peter? What's going on? And he goes, oh, forgot to tell you. In heaven, it's unbroken relationship and community. So you got to go in in pairs. And this is who is sent out to bring you in. <sighs> That's brutal. I felt, I felt like the Spirit said to me, he goes, hey, if heaven requires forgiveness, would you even want to go there right now? Yeah. So, so let's talk about Grace in the Gray. I mean, you tell that story in, in, in Grace in the Gray, and it's a, about a more loving way to disagree. We've, we've lost this in our conversation, not just between Christians and non-Christians, but even Christians and Christians. Well, and it begins with ourselves. And, and here's where the song and the book meet. The, the last line of the chorus of the song is, the kindness of your heart, it heals us. In Romans 2, 4, it says, the kindness of God is what leads us to repentance. So in the book, I'm saying, it isn't just what we say. It's how we say it matters just as much. And, and that's something we don't consider. And I go, that therefore, we're brutal when we talk to each other because we're brutal when we talk to ourselves. Mm. Like, think about what does the voice in your head sound like when you screw up? That's what your voice is going to sound like to others. Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders on the Pulse Podcast Network. Here at the Pulse, we are passionate about music with a message for central Minnesota. We want to cultivate within each listener a deeper desire to know and follow Jesus Christ. You can listen to us anytime online at thepulse.mn or at 104.3 The Pulse if you live in central Minnesota. Now let's dive back into the conversation. Mike, let's dig into that a little bit more. The the voice that I use when I am beating myself up is the same voice that I use to beat up other people. When God talks to Adam and Eve after they screw up in the garden, he doesn't sound like the voice in my head. He says, where are you? Who told you that? Which the voice in my head goes, what's wrong with you? What were you thinking? The voice in my head is interrogating God's voice is curious. Mm. The voice in my head is condemning. God's voice is convicting. The voice in my head is cruel. God's voice is kind. And I wish so many of us, we only think about our position and we forget that our posture is just as important. That's why Paul says to Timothy, correct your opponents. We love that. But then he adds, with all gentleness. That's good stuff. The way you say something is as important as what you say. How is that possible? He goes, perhaps God will grant them repentance leading to the truth. The only way that I can disagree with people with kindness and gentleness and grace is if I believe that it's actually up to God to change them, not me. One of the things I I love about um, this book is it's... It deals with some some self-reflection, like you're talking about what is the voice that you use to speak to yourself and that kind of thing. But it also is giving you new eyes to interpret other people and their words and their actions and everything else. And so it's not just about coming to a, a proper understanding of 
who I am and what Jesus has done for me, but also to see other people the way Jesus sees them. We would do so much better if we didn't assess people at how well they're carrying things, but we tried to assess what they actually have to carry. Like if I could go, if I could just take a pause and go, I wonder what you've had to carry, then I would be less judgmental of how well they're carrying I used to be a waiter, and it was always a fascinating thing to have the context for why people were struggling that were fellow servers. Mm. And it's like, I know why that server is behind on their tables. They got served divorce papers this morning. The tables are getting terrible service this morning, and they don't have any context. And it's not, I'm not going to tell them that story, and the the server's not going to tell them that story, but I know that. And so then, post being a server, anytime I get bad service. I'm like, man, I'm not going to make their day any worse because it's chances are there's something going on there. Even if there isn't, it makes it a better experience for me. That, that's exactly right. And whew, man, if I considered people, it says that um, people who aren't believers, you know, that they're, they've been blinded by the, the prince of this world. So how differently would I talk to someone if instead of thinking them as an enemy, I thought of them as a blind POW in captivity? I think I would talk to them very differently. Right? The way that Jesus treated his enemies, the way that Jesus treated the least of these is so, there's a gulf between that and the way we treat those people. And if I'm honest, a lot of times, I can't handle anyone who disagrees with me, not because I'm failing to see them, but because I don't think I could ever be wrong. Mm. And Proverbs, one of the most annoying things that is said over and over in the book of Proverbs is, a wise man loves being corrected, and a foolish man hates it. And so a really simple question, am I good at loving people I would say, are you good at being corrected? The only, unfortunately, the only way you can cultivate that attitude is exposing yourself to it. You have to invite it. God, soften our hearts and help us to be gracious to people and to, to see people the way that you see people. That's right. Amen. Mike, thank you for your music. Thank you for your book. It's called Grace in the Gray. And, uh, of course, we're, we're loving your new song, Yeshua, Friend of Sinners. Thank you for your time, man. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for giving me some. Thanks for listening to Dave Wonders. You can find more episodes of Dave Wonders on the website, thepulse.mn, or any place you get your podcasts.